True Crime Podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys, and welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host, Veronica. And I'm your host, Destiny. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. What about you? I mean, it's it's still December, and so it's just holiday season. We got a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, you have a birthday for, which I guess we'll get to that. We'll We'll get to the part where we talk about ourselves here in a few. Yeah. 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 Before we do that, though, if you're new here and you haven't heard us ask this before... Um, we wanted to ask if you could do us a huge favor, stop what you're doing, stay on this app, go into the app, wherever it says rate and review us, could you do that for us? That'd be great. (laughs) Um, it'd be super helpful if it was like five stars, but you do you. Um, and then if you haven't already, please give us a follow on Instagram, especially Instagram if you want to like be connected with us because that's where both of our notifications are on all the time. (laughs) All the time. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, we are Crime Wives Podcast, and if you would like to send us some recommendations, which we haven't gotten any in a while, so it'd be super good if you guys want to give us something to look up that you want us to talk about, um, that's crimewivespodcast at gmail.com. And then, for those of you who are still here, if you're new here and you just want to hear crimey stuff, just fast forward through the next 10 minutes, or till you hear that music again and you will get to listen to the crime part right now we talk about ourselves and we are not sorry about it you're welcome goodbye (laughs) that was just a great spiel you went on i appreciate it i was like i'm not even interrupting this is beautiful i'm getting good at this (laughs) remember how bad i was at first (laughs) there was just a little stumbling but it's totally fine and that's why i was like you know what she could do this that's fine yeah i'm starting to tell people too like when they're like, oh, you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, start at episode four. Just <laughs> right. skip when I was bad. I'm like, there was, there's some, I mean, there's definitely some good episodes before that. But sometimes, remember when Alex was like, your first one, maybe that should be a trial. Um, and we're like, nah, we're going to post it. Yeah. Then I listened to our second one and I was like, way better than even our first one. And it just kept going. And I'm like, okay. We were still in your dining room that day. That's why. Things oh. changed. <laughs> we were so far away back now then. Now we're in the garage. <laughs> we have really moved up in the world. <laughs> Things have kind of changed, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. I'm just, we're getting better at this. I almost just said I'm getting better at this. <laughs> just, oh, just, just Veronica. It's, I, I suck ass. Yeah. Um, I was talking to one of our friends and she was like, you guys just flow a lot better. Like, I feel like at first you were a little awkward. And I was like, yeah, because we were sitting, staring at each other in it a room. Weird. And now it's like, okay, it just flows. Yeah. People that sound initially like when I start their podcast from the beginning to end, I'm like, how do they sound so good at the beginning? <laughs> yeah. But some of them also, I'm like, we're not the only ones. It's great. It's great. Some of them, I'm like, few episodes in, and I'm like, we got better than they did. I should not be judging like that, but I do. No, I mean, you definitely, you listen to other ones, you're like, damn, they're good or okay cool we definitely have it's good like we did the glow up too we did it it's fine who yeah. are we who are we talking about first this week is it anyone i'm going first so you should probably ask me what i'm doing this what week. are you doing this week destiny <laughs> speaking of getting better <laughs> uh hey we'll round episode 25 we kind of switched it up where we went back and forth yeah that's um, true this week 
Well, just like you just know or heard, I mm-hmm. had to start my our thing like ten minutes later than we planned to because I am meeting with a lender because we're trying to buy a house. So exciting! She's so exciting! Married, also, now she's trying to buy a house. Things right? are happening. Things are moving a lot quicker than expected. <laughs> we'll just say that. <laughs> um, so basically, that I'm gonna apparently do the whole application process and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna meet with her. Um, with Alex, of course. Yeah, you're like, I'm buying a house by myself. It's fine. <laughs> Just me. I got a husband, now I'm going to go get a house. <laughs> <laughs> Just me. Just well, me. and we're on the phone, she's like, oh, you have different last names. And I was like... I mean, for Don't now. judge me. I just got married. I've been married for two years, and my last name is... I know. We were supposed to go together, remember? We yeah. were going to go together Let and change our last names. Let me know when you were going to do that. Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> but then it's like, take time off work. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll and stay. then sit, like, you got to sit at the DMV, and then you got to go sit at the Social Security office, and have you walked in there? It is awkward. Yeah, I'd rather. They, like, line up chairs, and they just stare at the wall. It's so weird. Okay, well, no. Yeah, I, I have not been there, so... <laughs> it's a real weird place. So there's that. Um... Besides that, yeah. what have I done? Yeah, what have you done? I mean, oh, I had a fun. Christmas party for work. Oh, it was yes. it was fun. There uh-huh. was a lot of drunk people. Did we talk about that on Sunday? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was like, I've been up till three in the morning. <laughs> um, so you guys already know about my Christmas party. It was fun. Yeah, it's only been three days for us, so we have to come up with stuff to talk about. And sometimes we don't have that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this weekend, Alex was like, "What are we doing?" And I was like. <laughs> Nothing. You're welcome to go to Chuck E. Cheese on Saturday. <laughs> For your son's birthday? Yeah. I mean, that... I purposely did not invite any of our friends that have That children. don't have children? Yeah, that don't have children. <laughs> I didn't invite the ones that have children. Because I just invited the ones that don't. Yeah, I just wanted an adult party at Chuck E. <laughs> just Cheese. Just one child, and it's my son. Yeah. No, um, I purposely was like, I am not forcing a bunch of, I did mostly family invites too. Yeah. I was like, I'm not forcing a bunch of people that do not have children to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Dude, honestly, Alex will probably be like, Chuck E. Cheese, they have pizza. They have pizza. (laughs) We'll be there. They do have pizza. (laughs) Um, And that's not how you sound. I'm sorry, but he'll be stoked because there's pizza. They sound more like this. Yeah, you sound like a man. (laughs) A man with a mustache. I was just about to say, it's the mustache. Dude, that mustache. I don't know if we've talked about the mustache, but I the mustache. brought it up on Halloween. Because he was Freddie Mercury, yes. You we were like, yeah. Um, I thought it was a phase. It is not a phase. He is committed to the mustache. But it looks good. It <gasps> he looks has good. a mustache brush now. Comb? The comb. It's yeah, comb. I ordered it. I saw him slip like, it out. It's okay. And <laughs> it's he okay. Like, but he keeps it in his pocket and all yeah. the time. He's like, it's okay, but I am attached to it. <laughs> yeah, it's my best friend. I like it more than Destiny. So yes. that's where we're at. Um, on that note, <laughs> my husband and his mustache, yes. what are you doing this week? I'm planning a four-year-old's, wait, my soon-to-be five-year-old. Five-year-old? Yeah. And every time I think about it, I'm like, don't cry. Don't you cry. This has got to be the, the the age where as all, he's not going to be a toddler anymore. I literally yeah. can't refer, I don't know what to refer to him as, just a kid, a I kid? guess. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> but he, his birthday is next week, so we're having it this weekend, and uh, yeah, I also was, we made the plans like last minute, like, mm, let's just do, and he's like, Chuck E. Cheese, somewhere in the background. I'm like, okay, we'll see how this goes. So I invited some family and it's at four o'clock. I did realize it's the same day that as there, the town that we live in, there's a uh, Christmas parade that same day. It's later that night. Um, oh. His birthday is from four to six. That's when I rented it out. The parade starts at six. Yes. So I'm like, how are we going to get home? Because <laughs> we have to, like, back roads. Well, and that with um, In-N-Out opening. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Also, yeah, you In-N-Out guys should is... just 
camp somewhere else. Uh, Lancaster. Yeah. Sounds not appealing. But, uh, yeah, that's where I'm just, um, also, all of those packages I talked about are have been arriving, and it's been, like, the best. <laughs> You're like, yes, another like, one, another one. And everything that I've ordered, like, every three orders, I ordered something for myself. And so I'm like, what's this? Oh, not mine. What's all oh, this on mine? You're like, two for them, one for me. Two for them, one for me. Lincoln, every time I've opened it, he's like, who's that for? I'm like, this is for Mimi. These are for me. And he's like, you bought yourself? And I'm like, shh, shh child. Look child. At <laughs> yeah. Let me buy, let me treat myself, okay? Yeah. Let me treat myself. <laughs> I got good deals, all right? Yeah. Hey, I mean, yeah. why not? So that's, that's it. I'm just planning this party and hoping that it goes well. I'm sure it'll go great. Yeah. And then I'm going to have a five-year-old. And then you're going to have a freaking five-year-old. Yeah. Tune in next week when we record the day after he turns five and I'm an emotional wreck. <laughs> and she's just crying to herself. <laughs> she's like, I actually can't make it today. I'm still crying. I'm still crying. Lincoln's like, why are you still crying? Absolutely nothing has changed. <laughs> you're a kid. <laughs> I can't call you a toddler anymore. I, in fact, I call him a toddler now and people are like, why are you calling him a toddler? I'm like, shh. Your child speaks in full sentences. He's no longer a toddler. (laughs) Yes, but he also still needs help wiping his butt. So he is a toddler, okay? Yeah, until Tuesday. Yeah. All right, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) All right, so what are you doing this week? Okay, so today I'm doing things a little bit differently. I'm going to do kind of two points of view. Um, So let's just get started. Mm -hmm, (laughs) So mm -hmm. today I'm going to be talking about Aaron Myers. Um, And so I'm going to start off with Aaron's point of view Mm -hmm. on how how this all happened and escalated. Is this a female or a male? This is a female named Aaron. Okay. Yes. Had to clarify. Great great question. (laughs) Um, So Aaron has said that growing up her life wasn't the easiest, um, that she was a child of divorce, and that... When her parents divorced at a young age, she would kind of jump from home to home. Um, that's what you know about her childhood. Okay, that's the it. end. That's all we need to know. Cool. Um, in high school, <laughs> in high school, she said that she was really into music and various art programs. Um, and well, in high school, she met her what would become her husband, Eric McLean. McLean. So this is the story of Aaron McLean. Okay. Don't know if you've heard of it, uh-uh. but it's. Interesting. <laughs> so Eric was a smart man, and he was also in a rock band. He also had an eye for Aaron. And while they were in high school, the two ended up moving in together, and Aaron got pregnant with a little boy. Oh, baby clean. Baby clean. <laughs> baby McLean. I love it. I just think of a bald little baby. <laughs> Me too, in a white t-shirt. Right? <laughs> little blue jeans. Whole nine yards. Big smile. <laughs> Magic eraser in hand. <laughs> Um, so the couple ended up getting married, they bought a house, and they actually ended up having another son. Um, they both attended school during this time, they worked various jobs, and worked on raising their children. Alright, so, so just living normal life like the rest of them. But also very busy, because yeah. they're both in school. Two he's, kids in school and working. Yeah, and he's also pursuing his music career, so he's oh, also he's in the... still doing the jams. He's still doing the jams, so All he's right. not home till late hours of the night. Um, so the couple, like I said, obviously super busy. Aaron claims that the marriage was typically good, so they were very happy, but like everybody's relationship, it definitely had its ups and downs, mm-hmm. um, and she ended up suspecting Eric of cheating on her. I mean, he's out all night doing the jams. Prob's gonna happen. I mean, potentially, <laughs> but he could also be just a devoted father. Yeah, I mean, that's husband. what we hope for. That's what I, okay, we'll get to... 
Oh, what we think at the we'll end. We'll see. Okay, so everything you're saying, it could or could not be from here on out. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Just, yeah, until I tell you the other point, which also could or could not be, and then oh, we'll talk about what damn. we agree on okay, at the okay, beginning, okay, okay. or at the end. Okay. Um, at the beginning. <laughs> at the beginning. And you're like, I have no idea. Anyways. I, I agree with everything. <laughs> so Aaron continued to say that Eric was going through some emotional turmoil during all of this. Um, and he would not give her any attention. So he just seemed, she said that he became very distant, was out all night with his music. Mm -hmm. Um, she just wasn't getting what she wanted. She wasn't getting the attention she wanted, therefore thought perhaps he was out giving it to someone else. Yes. As women do. Potentially. Yeah. And that's how our brains work. Sometimes we're just a little, little like, I literally, I, at one point in my life have texted Travis. He was like, I mean, I swear I'm not a crazy person. He was somewhere, and I literally text, who is she? Because he didn't text me back quick enough. And he was like, I literally didn't respond, walked through the front door, and was like, you're crazy. And I was like, I am. <laughs> it happens, dude. Um, I, I thought it was a funny joke, but also, is she But also, cute? I partially meant it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. So, And if we haven't, you're too normal. Stop yeah, listening. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't, he's probably cheating on you. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <I know>. Oh, <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> We get a bunch of like letters next week, and they're like, "Well, thank you. You broke." Like, turns out he is cheating. Wow. <laughs> We're like, "Oh, sorry, very sorry." But you're welcome. Sorry, yeah, sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so she thought that he was going through a psychotic break at one point. Oh. That took and a she said that at one point a psychiatrist recommended hospitalization for him, but instead he started to see an outpatient psychiatrist and started taking antidepressants. Oh, so this so is he all. Did go see a doctor, or she says that he went. She's saying that he, the doctor, recommend hospitalization for mm-hmm. him, um, and then he ended up just seeing an outpatient doctor. Okay, um, and then started antidepressants. So like I Aaron's. said, this is all her. Okay, okay, this is Aaron's story about what happened. Got yes. Okay. While this was happening, Aaron didn't want to break up her family, but decided she needed more. Uh oh. So she proposed an open marriage to her husband, oh. and they both agreed. Okay. Once I'm going to reiterate it a million times, this is all her story. Okay. (laughs) So they would stay married, but would be able to date and have relationships with other people. So at this time, Erin was working at West High School as a student aide, and she met Sean Powell, a 17-year-old student who came from not the best childhood. He had been abused from a young age and then was eventually adopted, um, and she saw a lot of potential in him. Hate this. I already feel what's happening. <laughs> Around this time, Sean turned 18 and ended up getting into trouble at school and actually going to rehab. She reached out to him because she cared. Uh-huh, this she is her cared. story. Uh-huh. Um, and their relationship became more than normal conversation. They started Birkin. <laughs> um, so it became very inappropriate. We'll just yeah, say that. Okay. Teacher and, or what is she, an aide? She's like a teacher's aide. Yeah. All right. Well, she's still in school. Shouldn't be doing the boink with the boys. Yes. Got it. Okay. But at this time, we'll just remember, he has turned 18 at this point. Oh, still though. <laughs> I still don't, still not condoning. You did not, not meet him at a restaurant. You met him at a high school. Don't um, date him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he ended up getting kicked out of rehab and Aaron and her family went and picked him up. So Erin took her husband, and they went and picked him up. She was like, there's this poor boy at school, and I gotta help. And her husband's like, okay, poor boy. Got it. Kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll keep going. So taking him to church, they ended up taking him to church, um, and his presence just around the house became normal. Oh, he, like, started living with He didn't start, so with her story, he didn't start living there. Um, He actually started living in a home 
um, that like Eric, the husband, uh-huh. his dad owned that was oh, like so empty like, at the time. Okay. So he's living in a home, but he would come over and hang out with like Eric and Aaron and their kids. Okay. 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 And so that's what she's saying. Um, and then the couple would go out to drink with Sean, even though he was 18. I'm, this is weird. Okay. It's very weird. Um, and then Eric would frequently hang out with Sean and even bring the kids to see them. It, it's ah, weird. What? So, like I said, her story. I like, um, in a part, in a sense, it's almost like that's, what's that movie with Sandra Bullock where they save the boy and you, like, want to think about oh it Oh, my God, Blindside. Yeah, so. Great movie. Which in. Not, not what's <laughs> going know, on here. But, like. There could be a story. I'm saying as an example, there could be a story where it's just a family taking care of someone yeah, who needed which is, love. I think, what they were trying to, like, or what the public, they were, she was she trying was to trying make to it portray seem like it with the, yeah. Okay. So, my next line says, and then Aaron and Sean would occasionally have sex. Right. So, <laughs> so not like the not blind side. She didn't become his mom. So, Aaron claims that every time her and Sean would do the deed, uh-huh. that her husband was actually home. Uh-huh. Like, watching over the children. And knew that this was taking... And knew that this was happening. According to her. Yes. Because she's saying that they have an open marriage. Uh Uh-huh. He finds out. He's not necessarily stoked that it's an 18-year-old boy, but he's not stopping it. Okay. So, things awkwardly continued in their home when Eric told his wife that one of her friends had hit on him. Oh. And she got really pissed saying that they shouldn't be able to have those kinds of relationships with their friends or family. She's like, this is inappropriate. It's inappropriate if they know you. Otherwise, 18-year-olds at school, totally acceptable. It's totally okay. Um, So she called Sean, and he had to pick her up. She was super pissed that her friend was hitting on her. I'm so mad at my husband for cheating on me. Well, and he hadn't even cheated on her. And they apparently had an open relationship, and he was... Being, she's being hit on. I yes. Mean, he so was. she's he's she's basically saying their whole relationship. He was cheating on her from what like when he was out all night and things like that. Uh-huh. And then she accused him, and he was like, "No, no, no." But then she's like, "I need an open relationship or marriage because I need to be able to find other love." And then she finds this eighteen year old, but then her friend hits on her husband, and she's like, "How dare you? Yeah. How fucking dare you?" No, 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 no. So. um... That's how it works. Yeah, so basically, Sean heads to pick her up. When Sean got there, he and Eric started arguing, and Eric ended up calling the police saying that there was an intruder in their home. Okay. Aaron went out to talk to Sean, because by this time, Eric was like, get the fuck out of my house. So Aaron, the wife, goes out and talks to Sean, the 18-year-old. It is kind of confusing that they're Aaron and Eric. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he goes out, or she goes out and starts talking to him. Then Eric is pissed off and he's like if you go with him you're never gonna see these children again and she said she got so upset with him that she she was like fuck it fine i'm leaving um and then she went inside to go grab her purse and her things well in the house she heard a loud bang and when she looked out the window she saw eric with a gun and sean slumped over in the car and the police are there or no police are not there yet oh no this is her side okay sounds a little all of it sounds weird. sounds like a stretch. Uh-huh. All of I it sounds say. like if it's believable, then her husband's the worst guy in the entire world, and that's the story. Yes. <laughs> okay. So now I'm gonna jump to the other side of the story. Um, so the beginning's pretty similar. Um, the couple didn't spend much time together because they were in school, raising two children, working okay. all the time. Eric was in his band and would come home at all hours of the night. He was like, "Yeah, 
That's mm-hmm. what happened. Um, and then this is when Erin started working as a teacher's aide. It said that she would work or she would wear a lot of tight clothing. Oh. And was very flirtatious with the boys in class and had a special fondness for Sean, which he had the fondness right back. Right. And I mean, wearing tight clothing doesn't usually is not a bad thing. However, it could sometimes indicate that you might have a crush but like, on yeah, someone. Yeah, and tight, like, mini skirts and uh-huh. things like that. Yeah, and when you're in a, yes, when you work at a school, regardless of what you think is appropriate, they'll tell you what is appropriate at that, yeah. you know, at school. So, there's things you should and shouldn't wear in front of teenage boys. Exactly. Is what that, they're trying to teach, I guess. I yeah. mean, there's, there's dress code regulations for a reason. We'll yeah. just say I that. I mean, just as an adult, I feel like, in their life, regardless of being a woman or a man, just, like, dress like an adult around kids <laughs> yeah you know agree agree yeah. um so she had this fondness for sean he had it back um he in his younger years he was left by his mother who was a drug addict and he was eventually added by or added he was eventually <laughs> adopted by a great family oh, okay his family said sean got pretty distant when he started liking a new girl at school oh a new girl at school huh? and that he ended up getting sent to rehab after he was expelled for school for having alcohol and or like at school oh gotcha so while in rehab he continued to communicate with Aaron, and she asked him to leave rehab so he could be close to her again oh no so now we're seeing kind of the other side uh-huh he agreed and he left rehab when he left his parents told him that he wasn't allowed back in the house because he didn't complete rehab uh-huh. and with nowhere to go Aaron begged eric to let him stay in their van that they had. So I think he uh-huh. had a van for his band. Uh-huh. And he, she's, and this is where she tried to pull the blind like, side. Poor, yes. There's poor boy at school needs help. Yeah. And, and so she, he's like, fine. Okay. He can move in. Staying in the van. But he, Eric ended up becoming very suspicious after uh-huh. his wife's relationship with Sean just kind of I think yeah, you could just get those morph. vibes, though. Like, yeah. if you're... If you you're, feel sexual ten- tension. That's a thing. also, if you're in love with someone and you live with them all the time, you... I can sometimes see Travis do a side-eye about something, and I'm like, what? He's like, what? And I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, okay, hold on. <laughs> like, yeah. you just know. Yeah. So, so he probably was like, mm-hmm, Yeah, he's like, see. something's up. I don't feel comfortable with this anymore. Uh-huh. So they seem to have just gotten a lot closer, and then one day he followed her out to the van and saw Aaron making out with Sean. Oh, boy. What? Uh, She's just doing that while her husband's home? Apparently. Yikes. And then they literally went into the van together. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Aaron's story mentioned how they, um, so how they would sometimes drink together. So there was one scenario that they were at the bar and drinking, um, and according to like Eric's side, Eric was out with friends when Aaron and Sean showed up. Oh no. And then they started making out right in front of him. And so this is where it comes out that he's a little bit more passive uh-huh. and very just like, maybe I think didn't know what to do, caught off guard, sad, mm-hmm. kind of like. I, well, I don't even know. I mean, I know what I would do or how I would react, but it is a very good example of how he is. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. it shows that he's just kind of like. I mean, it, it sounds like he's a very sweet... Maybe not confrontational. Yeah, he's just yeah. like, okay, well, this is fucked. So, mm-hmm. basically, he obviously got very upset. And then it starts to say how Aaron would kind of started to rub it in his face once he started to find out. Uh-huh. So, later that day after, or later that night after they were drinking at the bar, um, he went home and found Sean and Aaron having sex in their bed. Oh, boy. And so, at this point, it's almost like she's not trying to hide it. Yeah, More and like, so mm-hmm. he, and he literally walked in closed the door and went and slept on the couch 
So it kind of shows where she was just now rubbing it in his face. Uh And it sounds like this younger man also was very provoking Uh of the situation. Well, probably just felt like He's like, yeah, I took your wife. Uh Uh-huh. Not a great guy. Okay. And so she's 29 at this point. He's 31, Eric. Uh Just so so you know. Okay. Um, so Eric seemed emotionally distraught by the whole situation, obviously. Yeah, I would be too. And he took a shotgun from his parents' house. And in a passage, he wrote, quote, I have thought about suicide many times. I have nothing left to look forward to, end quote. Oh, no, no, no. So then one night, Aaron got ready to go out. And then Sean showed up and started basically rubbing the relationship in Eric's face again. Um, so at this point, Eric just couldn't handle the situation anymore. And he grabbed the gun and he like went out to the car and was like, and Sean was apparently saying like, your kids are about to call me daddy. Ah! Like a lot of just provoking. Yeah. Provoking, Uh like things that are upsetting. So Eric takes the gun and he's like, you need to get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm going to shoot you. Mm -hmm. These are not direct quotes, but he's like, you need to get out of here. This is similar. And so, um, Sean grabs the like. The gun. Uh-huh. Yeah, the barrel of the gun. Uh-huh. And is like a small commotion starts where he pulls it and Eric lets go. Or like hits the trigger and uh-huh. shoots him uh-huh. during the commotion. Okay. Killing Sean. Okay. So Sean, it's unfortunately, now. is dead. dead. Uh-huh. Bad situation all around. So Eric was arrested and charged with first degree murder and went to trial 18 months after the murder of Sean. During the trial, Eric testified um, and one of the jurors said, quote, I'm sorry, I couldn't even believe it. Like, I couldn't even, end quote. Yeah. <laughs> but couldn't believe that he actually shot and killed somebody. Uh-huh. It just doesn't seem like him. Uh-huh. So, um, a lot of people said that this is one of the main reasons that after 11 hours, the jurors found Eric McLean guilty of reckless homicide. Oh. Instead so of first degree murder. A reckless homicide instead of a friggin', oh, that's crazy. And he got time served. What? And probation. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Erin and uh-huh. what ended up happening to her. I was and wondering. then we can totally just, because yeah. I need to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so as for Erin, she did not testify during the trial, um, and she fled with her sons to Austin. She has been accused of inappropriate relationships with other underage students, but has never been charged with anything. What? And she claims it's all not true. But while in Austin, so when she like fled with her children, mm-hmm. she apparently had a housemate quote as opposed to who was 18 and although she said that they were just roommates he claimed that he was her boyfriend okay um but ultimately because her physical relationship with sean did not start until he was 18 she was not charged with any crimes Uh, that is insanity so i mean there we go oh the whole entire thing so let's unpack this (laughs) so i will just say right off the bat i think aaron's so aaron ended up reaching out to this lady. I'll just say my sources really quick. So uh-huh. it's Knox News uh-huh. and it's two different um, articles from it. And one of them is a girl that like lived in the neighborhood of her and mm-hmm. she reached out to her and she was a journalist. So Aaron like, and reached so out she, to her. Yeah. And Aaron, and so that's the first one where it's all her point of view. Ah, that's what she posted. Aaron was like, let me tell my story. Yeah. And the people that go searching for their story to be told are usually the ones that have most to hide. Yeah. And they're trying to manipulate the situation. Absolutely. So I think all of that's like, I don't think her husband had any idea until like he knew to the point where he was, like, being passive, and he literally thought about killing himself. Yeah. Like, I think that she was 
manipulative. There's a lot of details that I would like to know, like on a regular day to day, like in if in a month's time, how many times was Sean there? How many? Like I would love yeah. to know that kind of stuff because uh, it sounds like both of them probably painted themselves in a better picture. Like he probably painted himself in a little bit of a better yeah. picture. Just because I mean he did murder someone. Yeah. So, however, it sounds like every single person in this little triangle had a really weird mindset. Like, I can't even imagine getting into this triangle of, and yeah. like, and then I couldn't even imagine, like, if Travis was suddenly, I'm saving this 18 year old. My husband works with teenagers regularly. Yeah. So, if he brought one home, first of all, I don't know why it feels different when it's a man bringing home an 18 year old, but it does. Unfortunately. Just gonna it does. say it. Yeah. Yes. But, or if I did, he would be like, we're not going to save this person. Stop. You know, it would be... How about they go stay with your teenage sisters? Uh, or uh, there's so many There's outlets. so many different, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'm like, get them away from my 18-year-old sisters. But also, yes. You know, yeah. there's so many other... I think that um, she pushed him to do a crazy thing and then he did it. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I really Let's don't know it. if he actually meant to. Like, I uh-huh. think he was just not trying to scare him. And I want like, yeah, I wonder get if there's like here. ballistics on it. Like, does it say that it seemed like it was more of an accident? Or it was I mean, more... I don't see, because this was like, he just, this all happened in 2007. Oh. So I don't see him literally getting away with this. Right. If, if there's no evidence to show that it looked like he was deliberately shot. I feel like they'd tell a jury that. Unless yeah. there's things they had to like withhold or whatever, but it seems like a jury would not just say, well, actually. But I also think it was a lot like in his favor that she didn't testify. Absolutely. Because if she would have said her whole spiel that I read first, uh-huh. like there's some, there would have been a lot of doubt in jurors. They would have yeah. been like, okay, well maybe this part could be true. And potentially. crying Parts and of tears and he was cheating on me and... Uh, it's strange. It sounds like they had a really bad relationship. She brought an 18-year-old into it, but she sounds like like cookie cutter for all of the predatorial women that mm-hmm. like young men. Like, she is continuously doing it. Yeah. She is like a, what, what would that even be called? Like a serial dater of really young men? Yeah. I, know, well, 18, I mean, and they're 18, they're so it's legal. But... That doesn't make it feel right. No, I 100% agree. One of our friends, even... he makes comments about, he's like, oh yeah, this 19-year-old's cute. And I was like, please stop. Yeah. And then I realized like he's only like 25, and I'm like, okay, I guess that's not bad, but also please stop because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I and I know that like, it's, for, I don't know why it's different for men, but like it for them to comment on younger women, and also we like wear makeup and we look more mature than yeah. men do until they're like a certain age but that's what makes it weirder when a woman likes a really young 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 dude mm-hmm. like if you're older and he's younger than you but he's still past like way past puberty okay yeah I'll, that's but if he's like 18 fresh out of well i mean he, he when they met school. he was 17 and he was weird. in high school you met him at high school yeah that's, that's where it's like inappropriate no thank that's you at least give Wait yeah. a couple years. No. So. That's, no, that's, I put her right in the category of predator. Yeah, and, 100%. Yeah. And she also pushed, whether it was by accident or not, she pushed someone that she loved instead of just getting a goddamn divorce, by the way. Yeah. Which would have been way easier. Well, I think like their, or her big thing was, let's have an open marriage so we can stay together for the kids. Oh, yeah. So Sounds the kids like that can see this very just inappropriate relationship, I guess. But the, the whole situation, and I'm like. She never denies, like, her relationship with him, obviously. She never denies the fact that she was, like, more of a 
that she was like a predator. She never denies it. She just said, yeah, it was basic. My husband killed him. We had an open relationship. So I was open to be able to do whatever I wanted. Well, and there's also a quote um, at the end of whatever she, like all the stuff, her side of it, Mm -hmm. that says something about how Sean was a very troubled young man and how she not necessarily wouldn't be with him, but she'd still be friends with him, but he was manipulative. Oh, like, right. Coming from you. Yep. Blame him the, on the minute. Blame literally the literally kid that the died victim, because he's in a relationship with you. Take the victim route, even though you put him in this situation. Yeah. So, I had a lot of anger, but I also was like, this is ridiculous. Especially when I saw her side of it, I was like, oh my god. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, so real quick, just because I almost forgot, or I partially forgot because I named two of my sources, um, I also got some from WordPress, Crazy, Crazy Killers. Okay. With a K. With a K. Crazy so Killers. Um, and then Fox News, which uh, don't tell Alex because he'd be like, fake news. And I'd be like, I know, I'm sorry, but still, maybe not. <laughs> Listen, they cover some stories that are like, no, I don't ever we'll know. Stop. We'll don't stop. believe anything you This read. was a long time ago, so maybe yeah. it was before it was fake news. Don't believe anything, but just listen to us. And don't question us. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you question me, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, fucking um, rude. That being said, what are you talking about this week? Okay, so this is, um, I've already mentioned, this is one of my favorite ones that I've like got to delve into. Did I say delve into again? Dive delve. into? I don't know why I use that word like I know how to use it. <laughs> um, so... First, I heard about the person that the story is partially about. Okay. So then I was looking him up, and then I was like, I, th- I think I need to listen. I'm, I, whenever I get a little bit into a story and I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm committed, I look to see if there's other podcasts that cover it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll always do that. So I looked it up, and one of them was Criminal. Criminal is one of my favorite podcasts ever. Destiny doesn't listen to it. Find her and send her things that say, I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Criminal, and she doesn't. Okay, okay, I will listen so, to it. I'll listen to at least one episode tomorrow, just oh yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. Listen to, like, a newer ones, um, because I don't think she used to do that. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Criminal, but if you listen to Criminal, every single person that I go, do you listen to Criminal? People just look at me and go, I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Criminal, <laughs> and they even have an episode of people saying how she says her name. It's so great. She has the best voice ever. I, like, like, like. I can't even... I'm getting a real woman crush on you right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... Woman crush Wednesday. But it's like... It's like you're not... It's not like a... Oh, that's a nice, sexy voice. It's like, oh, I am so into whatever she's talking about voice. <laughs> Very good voice. So, if you haven't listened to Criminal, I just did a, a whole commercial for them. You're welcome. <laughs> they don't need it. Anyways, I found that they did an episode on this, and so I listened to that version, and it was like totally another... It's similar to... Um, your situation where it's two points of views, but it's not really. It's all about the same story. It's just with a little bit more insight. Okay. So she, I'm t- just making sure that it's clear that she did a lot of, she, it, she's a wonderful journalist and she does a lot of um, interviews on her show. Okay. So it's, she interviewed someone who was like a main central part of the story. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So their episode of it is called The Murder Manual. Um, which felt like I should just go with that. I'm not stealing it. I'm just going with it. But I also, a lot of, um, I got my sources just right off the top, latimes.com, Wikipedia, and The Criminal Podcast. Okay. All great sources. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to start with uh, the 
the book itself um, is called Hitman, A Technical Manual for Independent Contractors, which is a book written under, um, it's through Paladin Press, which that's just who publishes it. Um, and the owner of Paladin Press is a man named Peter Lund in 1983. According to Wikipedia, and um, also LA Times actually says this too, is the book started out as um, a detailed, oh yeah, this one's just according to Wikipedia. The book started out as a detailed crime novel written by a Florida housewife, though it didn't mention anything else about this housewife at all. And once you hear more about it, or when I get more into the story and stuff, you're gonna be like, wait, uh a housewife okay <laughs> so um eventually the book turned into more of like a military style handbook um through paladin press because what paladin press put out was like how-to books okay um for military style people or certain things that um the book itself when you look at it because it's made in the 80s it does not look like a military style. It's got like a guy with a gun and it's like <laughs> kind of cartoony. Okay. Um, red and then it's, but it still says Hitman and a technical blah blah blah. Okay. Um, the book is also the first time in American publishing history that a publisher has been held liable for a crime committed by the reader. What? Yeah. How? That's not their fault. Let me tell you. Okay. Wow. <laughs> So, with that being said, we're going to jump to 1972. So, um, 1972, when a man named Lawrence Horn, so that's who this most of the story is about, uh, he meets his second wife named Mildred Marie um, while on a flight to Los Angeles where Lawrence worked in Motown. Okay. So, they meet on a flight, um, which at first I was like, how do they do that? She's a flight attendant. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, I also don't think I put this anywhere else, but I need it to be known about her that she is one of 14 children. Jesus. Yes, does means nothing to the Your story. Your poor mother. Yes, and her poor vagina. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> Had to just say it. This was blatant honesty. I love yeah. it. Yes, because I have one. I know what it feels like. Okay, so the couple married in Las Vegas in <laughs> August of 1973. And then they moved to Detroit. Uh, from what it sounds like in my short summary of their marriage, um, is that it was rocky at best, um, with lots of ups and downs and mostly downs. At some point, they, I think that it had a lot to do with her being a flight attendant. She's gone all the time. He wants to work in music. He's real big. He, um, he helped produce some, like, The Temptations or something. Wow. Yeah, wait. The Temptations older than this, I think. <laughs> Somebody along those lines. Okay, okay. It might not be a temptation. But somebody that was pretty famous. Yeah. Um, a band that was pretty famous. Shoot, maybe it was temptation. I don't know. Okay. Clearly, I don't know. But anyways, she's gone a lot. Their marriage is, I feel, wild from what it's explained. At some point, they move to Maryland, and they file for divorce, but they don't actually get divorced. I think they had had um, one child before this. Yes. Okay. Um, however... They're still obviously hooking up while they're filing for divorce because she gets pregnant with his I knew you were gonna say that. twins. <laughs> twins? Yeah. Oh Jesus. So, um, so and they're his. And so, now there's three. Yeah, and so I am assuming they try to keep things together. Maybe um, she's just trying to hit fourteen, you know? You, she I don't think you can purposefully have twins ever. 
<laughs> so she's like, I think if definitely can. Her, I mean, yeah, but not I that mean, way. Okay, okay. You can't just get in bed with the dude and be like, I'm going to have twins after okay, this. Sure. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, for sure. It's maybe like, I shouldn't have said ever. Maybe I should have been like, when you're doing it with a guy, I don't think you can just be like, I'm for sure about to have twins. You don't know. Make sure there's at least two. Shoot. Maybe that's, she probably had twins because she came from 14 children. You know, some of those were probably a set of twins. I mean, the percentage wise. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> Probably. So, anyways, they keep trying. He also, it's going to be explained a little bit more, but he sounds to me like a really, like, self-centered dude, to okay. say the least. So, they try to work it out. He's like, I gotta get out of here. They get divorced in 1987. However, before the divorce happens, this very awful thing took place. One of their twins, the son, his name is Trevor, had to go undergo a medical procedure. I'm sorry that I don't know more about the medical procedure, but I don't. Unfortunately, this med- medical procedure left him with severe brain damage and as a quadriplegic. Oh, no. Like, I can't... I, I heard that, and they tell it, and I started crying, literally, because I have a son, and he was... He was... I think he was seven when he had this surgery. That's terrible. So, he's a quadriplegic. She now... They get divorced the following year. Essentially, she has to take full-time care of him. And um, this was like a malpractice mm-hmm. situation. So with all of this going on, it was really hard for the family. Obviously. That's what I was trying to get for. It was really hard for the entire family, except for apparently not that hard for Lawrence. Uh, because after that horrific event, um, it didn't like stop him from leaving his wife the following year and moving to Hollywood so that he could work in Motown. And again, like I mentioned, his ex-wife, Mildred, now has to take full-time care of their son, which she does greatly. Like, yeah. she has in-home care. She is still working. She has three children alone now. So, obviously. Um, and like I would mentioned, this is the... Um, Trevor's incident was malpractice. So, Mildred decides to sue the hospital with the help of an attorney named Howard Siegel. Get used to this guy's name. At court... Siegel assisted in getting Mildred a settlement of about $1.7 million. Wow. Which, um, again, I I wish I knew. I wish there was always a thing that said, this is how much it would be in today's money every time you Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. Um, so uh, he gets her that settlement. Also at court, Lawrence, her ex-husband, decides to show up. Of course he did. Oh, yeah. Not only did he show up back at court, um... While he's in attendance, he makes it clear that he didn't think that $1.7 million was enough. Like, he... This... Well, too bad you don't get any of it because you're not even taking care of that child. Exactly. So, F you. Exactly. However, it became pretty clear to everyone at court um, how not great of a guy Lawrence was. Not only had he recently lost his job in Motown, because a year has gone by now, uh, but he was also $16,000 in child support debt. And on the hunt to make some money off of his son's settlement, essentially, what is what I believe. Um, gross. And so his son's settlement was put into a trust fund. Grosser that, than gross. Exactly. Grosser than gross. Gross, gross, gross. However, it feels worth repeating that he hadn't been a part of his children's lives in the last year and left his ex-wife um, and their disabled son, as well as the rest of their children. And on top of the fact that she was also a flight attendant for a huge airline, so... I, I just can't even imagine, like, she, and every time she's brought up in the story, she's described as just a great person. So, yeah. she just wants to do good for her children. 
So if you haven't figured out by now, I strongly dislike Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anybody likes him now. So. Yeah, so now that I've established my dislike, I'm going to just make this worse. On March 3rd in, uh, of 1993, Mildred's sister and some neighbors who all lived down the street um, from Mildred uh, find Mildred, her disabled son Trevor, and a hired home in-home nurse dead in her Maryland home. Oh my god. I wanted to note that I couldn't find the name of the nurse anywhere. So she's mentioned twice and she's just called the nurse. Sorry, I couldn't find her name. Um, what I do know is that the two women were shot multiple times and sweet Trevor had been suffocated. Okay, that's it. That's all we're going to talk about for them. Vomit. I hate this guy because I have a feeling. Right off the bat, there was obvious attempts to make it look like a robbery gone wrong. Oh my god. But everyone close to this case suspected Lawrence's involvement right away. So it didn't take long, however, for police to trace uh, the case back to Lawrence. Um, And when they did, they also found the man that he had hired to kill his family. This man is named named James Perry. It does mention how the two came about, but or like to meet each other. But Mm -hmm. I left that out, and now I forgot. So I'm sorry that I didn't put why they met or how they met, but. They know each other. They know each other. He asks if he will um, kill his family for him because he knows that he is the sole beneficiary of that trust fund. That's what it comes down to. So, oh my anyways, gosh. we hate Lawrence. We hate him. I hate him so much. Um, uh, essentially, what finally brought the police to James Perry was the numerous, and I'm talking lots and lots of calls that James Perry made directly to Lawrence asking him where his money was for killing his family. Like, what? <laughs> he was just leaving. He was not the greatest hitman. And that's probably because when police finally found James Perry in his home, among other belongings that they found, um, the thing that stuck out most to investigators was this book called a hitman, or hitman, a technical manual for independent contractors, a.k.a. the murder manual. I really want to read this. Well, actually, you can. Because <laughs> um, it's going to take good for a while. But when they brought James and Lawrence to court, this book was used as an example for proof that he followed many and, like, a lot. And, like, it is like a... First you start here, and then you do this, and then you don't do that, and then you do this, and but don't do this. Like, it's... It almost, I'll, I'll get to a few of my opinions about the book, but essentially, um, many of the instructions that were given were to help him commit the, quote, perfect crime. Obviously, though, he forgot the part about not calling the person who hired <laughs> Jesus over and over again. Because that's literally how they found him. Okay. Um, in 1996, Lawrence was found guilty on three counts for first-degree murder and um, one count of murder of conspiracy and so he was sentenced to life in 1995 james perry was sentenced to death so wow that's what i have about good them. garbage humans agree this seems like the part where i'm done talking i'm like here's the story it's done but that's not quite over yet and that's this part is why i was like oh it like it it totally i don't totally got me more intrigued that's what i'll go with so on the criminal podcast, this story is mostly told from the point of view of the lawyer that I mentioned, Howard Siegel. Um, I hope that's how his last name is pronounced. You'd think I'd remember. Um, it, he helped Mildred win the case, um, obviously. I, we, we all know that. He's the one who helped her whenever her son um, Yeah, went. with the malpractice. Yes. Okay. 
So he's the one who says that he, like from his point of view, he's the one that says that Lawrence had showed up to court that day basically with dollar signs in his eyes. Like, and he just got the worst vibes from him and he explains it a little bit. And as soon as he heard that Mildred had been murdered, he knew immediately that Lawrence was responsible in some way for her death. It's clear that Howard Siegel had built up a lot of respect for Mildred for what she was doing and wanted. Like, again, I mentioned it. He says just great things about her. So when he finds out that she'd been tragically murdered and that James Perry had used a book to acquire every step needed to take in order to carry out a hit, and um, I think it it really moved him or, like, motivated him, I guess, would be the better term. Um, and especially that the previous prosecutors at James Perry's trial had used this murder book against him in court, and that's what served as the piece of evidence to convict him for this crime. Yeah. So that's what motivated. I think Siegel, I believe, felt that justice, like, hadn't been fully carried out yet. Mm-hmm. So, Howard Siegel decided to represent Mildred's still-living family um, and filed a civil lawsuit against the Paladin Publishers. Wow. Yes. In his words, this book wasn't in te- wasn't uh, wasn't being used as intended. Um, it wasn't intended to be a silly source of entertainment, and that's why I kind of explained how it looked kind of like there's like a cartoon on the front. Yeah, it looks yeah. Like a spy. It seems like it's presented as kind of goofy. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, but it's literally a how-to. Literally a how-to guide is my like my next and in his opinion, and so. This is the part when he um, compares it to a Tom Clancy book, which is the guy who wrote about bombs. <laughs> or like, Jesus. Not, not necessarily how to build bombs. Well, I think also kind of how to build bombs. But um, if someone reads a Tom Clancy book, this is his him saying that if someone reads a Tom Clancy book containing some information on bombs and then decided to go out and try to make bombs, they would be misusing a Tom Clancy book. Yeah. He says in that case, the person would not be using it the in- the book how tom clancy intended it to be mm-hmm. his is more of an entertainment purpose if you will and i don't know enough about it to um say whether or not that's true however in this case the hitman book the people that were buying and using it were using it exactly as the publisher intended um to use and the first very part of the book says this is all you need to become a successful hitman which is a little that's- Awful. Yeah, (laughs) like, come on. Like, if you look at it from a funny person's point of view, you're like, oh, this is so funny. I used to own the zombie survival guide. If zombies are ever a thing, it will for sure help me. But it's also, like, funny. And I don't think any zombies are going to take me. Shut up! You don't know who Max Brooks is? I met him in person. He's wonderful. Shush. (laughs) Get out of here. You know how I feel about zombie books. I'm just like, okay. I was like, I have a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, Zombie Survival Guide is great. It's a great book. But it's Do you also... think that a zombie attack might actually happen? I need you to be 100% honest. Absolutely, I think it's 1,000% possible. I'm not saying, like, in my time, or yours, or my child's, <laughs> or, like, his children's time. I'm just saying. One day. Okay, I mean, one day. Everything could happen. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. I totally agree. Reach for the stars, guys. Anything what could I'm happen. What I'm trying to say Sorry. here is that it's a funny book. Okay. And you okay. believe it's a funny book. And I'm not saying that it's, but if someday there are zombies and they're like, there's this book that someone made about me and how to kill me, they can't tell that I know of. Anyways, moving on. 
But I get what you're saying, because if it's like, it's a how-to murder guide. Yes, it talks about violence, it talks about chopping their heads off. It, it literally about, says how to yes, do it. Yes, it's a zombie survival guide. It's it's very funny, but also, and Max Brooks is a fantastic writer that makes it feel like when he, I went and saw him and he signed the book, he talks about it like he totally believes. Like, it's just him kind of playing up his own stuff, which is great. But again, in this case, they literally had a book that said like, don't and it wasn't like don't do this because ha 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 it's like don't do this yes do that don't do this you will get caught if you do that exactly so um to him they were or to howard siegel they were essentially offering a course uh on how to become a hitman and um that is not protected by the first amendment um of course there were many who publicly disagreed with howard Tons of media organizations actually supported Paladin Press and were like, we all put out a bunch of stuff about crime on a regular basis, let's yeah. support them. Especially the man that they hired to defend Paladin Press in the lawsuit, his name is Tom Kelly. He has a very, very, like, soothing voice. <laughs> He's also in the podcast, and um, he does. he just has a really, like, chill old man voice, I love it. Um, He refers to himself as kind of a press lawyer and um, that he's represented a ton of companies over the years. Um, Like, I think he's been in it for like 40 years. Um, He said, I would describe the book as something hard to take seriously. Some of the techniques described in the book were fascinating, some were preposterous, and others were familiar. As someone who enjoys true crime book myself, I would describe it as something hard to take serious. So, of course, he's representing the company, yeah. so that's his point. Um, essentially, his he, what he says is that the ultimate question was, what part did this book take in the murder? Mm-hmm. Tom's opinion, of course, was that there were quite a few steps that James Perry didn't follow um, in the book, like I had mentioned, with the calling over and over. It says yeah. not to do that, and he did that. Don't call her. Don't call the person who hired you pretty much ever or directly or anything like that. Yeah, he did you meet that. in a dark alley, no yes. cameras. He also checked into a hotel under his own name. So maybe, but also he could have been reading the book and then just forgot some of the steps. Yeah, you I mean you never know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the fear essentially became that if he won this case, that journalists or any person that um, wrote about true crime essentially would be held liable. For the content in it yeah and it just stirred up this huge thing that was going on um when the case didn't quite hold up it was kind of like they were like well it's a book we don't really know what to do it's a book so mm-hmm. howard siegel appealed the decision to the u.s court of appeals in the fourth circuit howard is quoted speaking of the amendment of our freedom of speech he says our cherished freedom our cherished freedom of speech does not include the freedom to assist in murders. He also mentions in it, he's like, if someone came to me, I've been working for the law, I work under law, and they said, how do I commit a perfect robbery? And I word for word gave it to them. That's a, I would I would be aiding and abetting. Yeah. So. I, mean, I agree. Yeah. Yes. So. And it's the truth. That's how the law works. So the higher court judge eventually ruled in favor of Howard and Mildred's family, stating um, that essentially that to, they could move forward with it for aiding and abetting in the murder. And this, one of the judges actually, he notes in the podcast that he says, um, apparently the judge, he felt so compelled about this. He wrote a 63-page document in response to the, the whole situation wow. and the book. 
and said, when speech is used as a vehicle to commit a murder, it is not protected by the First Amendment. Which I just was like, wow, it's just so much knowledge. Like, so much yeah. just, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Law. <laughs> well, and to have, uh, like, enough to say that you're writing 63 pages about yes. it, that's insane. Oh, none of I bet you that guy has written just so many things in his life. Um, however, before um, the... It could before it could even go to trial. In fact, the day before the trial took place, the publishers of Hitman Murder Manual agreed to an undisclosed amount of money of a settlement to the surviving family. The family requested they don't publicly post how gotcha. much money it was. In addition, they also agreed to take Hitman off the market and donate the funds to two charities chosen by the families. So they did take it I mean, off. That's awesome. Yes. But internet exists. You can totally find that book still. You can find oh, like wow. a manuscript basically for the book. And if you go to, I'm pretty sure there's like a picture of it on Wikipedia, so you can see all that. Um, something else that I found like that totally, I mean, it makes sense to me, but it, I just find it fascinating is that because of the popularity and the lasting mark of this case, um, and the very obvious like two sides that people chose. Um, this case is now used frequently in teaching law students all over the country. As... Yeah, I'm not surprised. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, so, and that's, I mean, that's it for me, but I just, I just think it is just so crazy that he was, and the, this, I think what I appreciate and respect is this Howard Siegel guy. He clearly, he said that, like, he had to put a lot of his, like, private practice just on hold to do this and represent this. And it just shows, like, how passionate he was, A, yeah. about this, but also about this family. Like, uh, yeah, that that's what was I was thinking. That he was doing it for Mildred. I have like, bumps. <laughs> yes, me too. Because yeah. he just wanted to do right by her. And the fact that she was murdered by a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. And that all of that and her son that she was just trying to give a better life to, he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and at least help her family in some way but yeah. he did it in the right like not i i think a lot of people are like we get where you're coming from but chill but he did it for the right reasons yeah no a hundred percent like mm -hmm. I, you would hope god forbid anything happens to like you or me or anything but that somebody would want to fight for your family like that yes, and the fact exactly. that he did is just incredible and i know that what they teach in law school a ton of the time is to keep your emotion as much out of it as is possible and so i'm sure a ton of people gave him a lot of crap and he even says like people were telling me this isn't you're you're going way too high up for yeah this. like this isn't you're getting stop. into stuff that isn't even about you kind of thing but and I think because he put a little bit of emotion into it that it totally made this more. And it also was going on. It, it happened pretty sometime around Columbine, too. Okay. So I think that's another reason that it didn't get super blown up in the press because they were like, ooh, a lot of bad stuff is happening. Let's just take this to court, be quiet. And, yeah. But um, at which was possibly helpful in his case. Um, but either way... I mean, I just was like, so I, I don't even know what episode it is, um, what number it is, but I strongly, I think you should go listen to, if you're going to start with one of them, might as well just listen to the murder manual is the yeah. name of that one. Um, so that you can hear Phoebe Judge's wonderful voice. And I'll definitely go check it out. I'll, that's yeah. the one I'll listen to tomorrow. Just for you. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> and... Yeah. That was wild though. That yeah. I, yeah. And I just loved like, I loved to hear when like as awful, like, as many awful things that could have happened happened, uh -huh. but that like at least something something good came out of it, and yeah. not necessarily even something 
just good. Like something super fascinating yeah. came out of it too. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Well, enjoy your Wednesday, folks. Right. <laughs> or if you're listening to this on a Tuesday or a Saturday. I don't know. Whenever you're listening to us. Uh-uh. Thanks for listening, guys. Crime Web's out. <laughs>